Welcome to the Cooperative Bank Podcast. Recently, the Cooperative Bank launched our Zero Waste to Landfill campaign at our head office in Manchester. The plan is to roll out this brilliant incentive across the bank by mid-2020, encouraging everyone to get recycling with the bank's help. The key message for everyone being reduce, reuse, recycle. Now, in today's podcast episode, it's my pleasure to introduce Mandy Kipax, the bank's soft services manager. Hello, Mandy. Hi, Paul. And also to Quintin Gilbert, the account manager at Reconomy. Hi, Paul. Nice of you to join us. Now, you've both been instrumental in getting this recycling and sustainability incentive off the ground. But how come it's your passion? Where, where did it all start for you, Mandy? Well, I've always been one of those passionate people. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. What were you like as a kid, though? You know, way back, did you have this sort of fighting attitude even as a toddler? I did, and I, I blame that on my late father, really, Paul. He was um, head of marketing at Marconi, and he was a great ambassador, and he was always determined to win over people, get them on board for campaigns, and I think I picked it up from him. So, Quinn, were you equally as voracious in appetite when it came to save the world? Um, no. Not really, actually. Um, my my sort of sort of passion was nature, wildlife. Growing up in Africa, you know, I spent a lot of time with the Scots um, and just spent a lot of time outside. And then just saw the sort of devastation we were causing, you know, firsthand in the rivers. And you know, joined a lot of sort of conservation clubs. So mine sort of started. My interest sort of started in on the conservation side. And then um, is this in Africa? You you yeah, grew up there? Yeah, I grew up in in South Africa. Left there when I was eighteen. And I don't think anyone ever plans to work in waste when they're a kid. I don't, uh, I don't hear that from my kids in terms of their aspirations as being a sort of a waste management consultant. However, my youngest does, does show a lot of interest. My youngest son is very concerned about the environment. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure to see that sort of the younger, newer generation are taking the sustainability requirements that we, we need to change what we do and how we do it much more seriously than we ever did. Certainly sustainability, the environment are very high up in the news at, at the moment. How, have you noticed a very big difference to what it was like when you were in Africa and you were seeing what was happening around you to what it is today? Though it does make it sound as though uh, I'm inferring there's a, like a century between the two things there, but you know what I mean. Well, I am old, uh, but maybe not that old. Yeah, it's funny because uh, when you were asking Mandy about, uh, you know, childhood and how, and I remember the whole class got asked, if you were president for the day, what would you do? And funny enough, one of the things was that I would put a recycling bin at every at the end of every street. Somewhere deep in my sort of subconscious, I'd already sort of set my future out, I think. How old were you around this time? Yeah, I was, I was about seven or eight, I just remember. Oh, right. Yeah, it, I don't remember the other things I said, or because it was three things that we had to choose, but I just remember that. In South Africa, um, we did a lot of paper recycling as kids, because we used to take it to the schools and they used to get um, some money back and then they would invest that in sports equipment and things. So. There was always a sense of not wasting. Like we were very strict about water usage, leaving the fridge door open, you know, all those sort of things that drives me nuts here. Because my wife leaves the tap on and, you know, when she's brushing her teeth, which, um, you know, seems very wasteful. And so that's, that was just, you know, as a, as a child, just sort of stuck with me. But 
there's a company um, that I spoke to recently that, that works in South Africa on the recycling side and, and is now working in the UK. And they're saying that the UK is leaps and bounds ahead of South Africa. But um, we also consume considerably more resources as, as a sort of one of the rich nations. And that's something, you know, we need to to consider our impact because of that. You you saying about waste, I remember my parents were, I guess, early 20s during World War II. And I remember even as a little girl, um, and I was born in the 60s, my mum used to save everything from plastic bags to used to smooth out wrapping paper, bits of string, that make do and mend and retaining val- valuable resources for my mum was key. And I was brought up like that too, as you say, everything from making sure you used food, um, leftovers, you know. So after Sunday roast, it was always cold meat and mashing up the sprouts and potatoes and having bubble and squeak the next day. And that mentality I grew up with, and I'm still like that too. Today. And I hope I brought my children up the same, but we do actually. In fact, this Christmas we were saving gift bags and wrapping paper. And I've learned from Quinn, so we, the whole Keypacks family, didn't buy any wrapping paper with glitter on this year because you can't recycle that properly. So we all bought plain paper to wrap our presents in. And seeing them taking inspiration from what I'm te- doing, they're now in their 20s. In fact, the oldest one is 30. And seeing them follow those same trends and behavioural patterns is fantastic. Mm. It it is nice when you get those tips and hints, isn't it? Because when you just mentioned about the wrapping paper, it's something which sticks in your memory then because it's got a story behind it. You know, it makes sense. What other things have you you learned from each other? Have you learned anything from, from Monday? I was going to interject here and just say, Quinn was brilliant. He gave me the best Christmas card this year. It's impregnated. It was impregnated with wildflower seeds. So after Christmas, and you take it down, you um, moisten it, then put it in the soil, cover it um, over, and then keep watering, which I haven't had to do. And then um, spring flowers, wildflowers will grow from it, which was fantastic. So, of course, I showed it not actually not only to the children, but to my husband too, and he said, what a fantastic idea. Why aren't we all doing that? Because now we're very enthusiastic about encouraging wildlife into our garden anyway, including bees and butterflies and birds. He said, that's fantastic. We could grow a whole area of wildflowers. So we're going to buy some. So that's fantastic. And Quinn came up with that. Well done. The question I've got to ask you here, of course, is where do you buy them from? Where do you get these cards? So, I mean, thanks to Mandy, really, uh, the the opportunities I've had to explore weird and wonderful sort of roots of recycling or or things and products. And because, you know, she's keen to promote these ideas. So because if you're looking for something specific, it's quite difficult to, to know sometimes what's out there. So there's some there's some good websites that pull from all different sort of sectors and you can kind of buy from them, with, you know, which I find pretty good. We, we found some of those soaps. Yes. I've, I've got to, because I got my wife some for Christmas, the, you know, the conditioner one. I put that in the, we've got like a, a, a laundry cupboard and every time you open it, it just smells amazing because those little cubes smell brilliant, didn't they? So. Yeah, Quinn's found these amazing cubes of shampoo and conditioner that come in cardboard boxes, so no plastic packaging at all. And they're fantastic to use, because I took some home and used them. And also, they smell amazing. So even if you just want to make your bathroom smell nice, they're great, but it's a fantastic range of products that Quinn's found that are truly sustainable. And we can make that you know, available to everyone in the bank. In fact, one of the team on the second floor has even done that, Quinn. She's was inspired when we launched and had our sustainability table. She shared the information with the whole of the second floor at Balloon Street. Oh, brilliant. 
So, so where, did, where did it go from here when you were exploring sort of the tips and hints? That was great about the Christmas card in many ways, but has, has this association between the two of you and your love of, of making sure that we protect this world, has, has other things spun off from it? Yeah, I mean, what I want to do is things like make furniture out of multicoloured yoghurt pots and plastic, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. And every time Quinn comes up with something new, how we can transform waste into a new product, he gets all excited and rings me or takes me off to show me. And it, it's great because we bounce off each other. And his enthusiasm and dedication is phenomenal. Without Mandy, this we wouldn't have been where we are now. Still the bossy one, Paul. Bossing everybody about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm quite scattergunned. I'll just keep looking and looking and looking um, for new things. I have to thank Quinn for alerting me to the um, World Wildlife uh, Foundation fantastic advert called Fight for Your World. Oh, yeah. And it's about 30 seconds long, Quinn, and yeah. it shows uh, clips of wildlife and the fact that humans are having such an impact, not just from waste, but from pollution and what we buy and the way we treat the planet. And it reduced me to tears the first time I saw it. It still reduces me to tears and makes my hair stand up on end. And Quinn's also um, shares my passion for the legend, Mr. David Attenborough, and, and watching his broadcasts of late. And he did a summary, four minute summary, didn't he, Quinn, of this isn't a, a, a something that's nice to do. We've got to do it. Now is the time. And listening to this man and his passion again, Quinn and I watch these films and I sit there with tears running down my face. And he's sitting there feeling all sorrowful and we have to yeah. sort of say, OK, what are we going to do next? What else can we do to show people how we can change things? And that's a really good question. What can we do? I mean, it's a lot of the time you tend to think, oh, I can't make any impact here. It's too big a problem. At home, we're thinking about home, not necessarily just at work. What are the everyday things that, that we can do to help this planet? Quinn? It must be about six months ago now, I think. We're determined to reduce our uh, plastic bottles, single-use plastic bottles, pop bottles, um, one of a better word. On the weekends, like a Captain Morgan and a cola beverage. Um, and that is our sort of tipple at home. We were buying a considerable amount of two litre bottles. Um, so we thought, well, when I was younger, I had a soda stream. I don't know. If, did yeah, you have you one? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really, I think everyone had one. So, I, I mean, I, I looked to see if there was, and they were still out there, so you can still buy them now. And um, yeah, so we got... Got a got a soda stream. We haven't looked back. I, I don't even have to leave the house now. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where you are on weekends now. Uh, to get over the week with Mandy. Um, no, 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 I'm only joking. We actually noticed, although it was already being recycled, but you know, recycling it is important. We need to recycle what we can. But well, let's not produce the waste in the first place if we can avoid it, because you know. And I guess that's you know part of the key messages. Yeah, I mean, we didn't buy Christmas crackers this year. We had little table presents instead. Um, so, because I said, you know, we've got those little plastic toys that we mess around with for five minutes and then get thrown in yeah. recycling. What's the point? Yeah. And things like that. And I agree with you about the soda stream. In fact, we've got one too, because it's you that inspired that, Quinn. So my other half has now gone back to the 60s and 70s, creating all these fizzy drinks like that. Um, yeah. It, Did you drink them in the room with a lava lamp going? <laughs> 
Yes, saving energy, Paul, absolutely. Well, LED, LED bulbs. Yes. <laughs> yes. In fact, we have done that at home. With all our, even sort of the um, centre lights, we've put LED bulbs in all of our lamps at home now. Um, and it does save money. And i tell you what I've done. I used to rely on my tumble dryer all the time. I might use that once a month now, if that. Just because... Actually, it saves me ironing, Paul. Because if I just let things drip dry, they don't need ironing as much. You're right, I do exactly the same. It's a tip I picked up years ago. He's just straight out of the washer yes. onto a hanger. You don't need to iron. Exactly, and I hate ironing. If only it could work when you got out of the bath, you could hang yourself up on a hanger. <laughs> yeah, so um, this man here really, really inspires me. Um, We've done other things too. So I try not to buy any food that's wrapped in plastic, like cheese, for example. I'll go to the delicatessen now, get them to wrap it in greaseproof paper or something. Um, we've taken a vow. There's no more cling film in the Keypax household, and I try and encourage all friends and family to do the same. We've also cut down so we don't get newspapers or magazines anymore. We get them all online on our iPads, everything from the Radio Times to, well, I say we stopped buying newspapers completely now. So that thing about how can we stop creating our own waste is, is a big thing. And I think I drive the family nuts about it at home. Mm. You're the same though, Quinn, aren't you? Yeah. We did the milk bottle thing as well. So we, we changed to a, right. a, a milk float sort of service where you get the glass bottles. And you're yeah. With his um, battery-operated track, Quinn's yeah. gone back. I haven't done that yet and I think I need to. Yeah, so we get our milk delivered sort of three times a week at the doorstep. And then I don't buy two litre plastic bottles of milk. It kind of works, yes. but you have to, every now and then when the date's getting close, I have to drink a <laughs> pint of milk just to make sure I don't waste it. But yeah, that, I mean, that again, with five of us in the house drinking teas and cereal and then the morning we're through a lot of milk. So more plastic, you know, plus it's, you know, it's supporting someone who's doing something locally as well. Uh, supporting a local business yes. is just as important as, you know, buying something that's sustainable, um, you know, from a, from a big chain. I think, and I think our high street maybe will, will kind of change in that way, where you get small kind of local businesses. That well, can there are even it. some of the major supermarket chains are trying this bring your own container, you know, for cereals and other dried goods and even fruit, you know, encouraging people to bring hessian or jute bags rather than wrap your fruit in plastic and things, which I think I think it'll have to take off because, um, funnily enough, I was watching a programme the other day where a guy ripped off all his plastic packaging off his Tesco shop, took it back and gave it to them, said, I don't want to take this home. You're producing it, you recycle it. And then literally this week they came out with that initiative for their own brand products, such as tins, where they're in groups of four or six. They're not going to shrink wrap them in plastic anymore, which is great. And I think the big boys will have to follow. It's just that amount. I mean, if you do a big shop and then unpackage everything, your bin's full. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Um, trying to reduce that, that sort of unnecessary packaging. But I think we, we need to remember that plastic is, is very important to us as well. Um, you know, we, we don't want to waste the food because we're trying to not cover it in plastic or, or use an inferior product. So, you know, we need to be mindful. Like, if you take a cucumber out of the wrapper but it, you know it just will not have that shelf life that it that it has with the plastic film and so but then equally i think 
I think it might have been M&S, you know, wrapped the coconuts in plastic. Was yes. it M&S? That's yeah. sad. And I was, yeah. You know, there's things, you can't open the thing, you know, let alone you need to wrap it. But then I think you're using, like I am, these fantastic wraps you can buy now, Paul, that are organic cotton, which are impregnated with beeswax. And you, they'll cover anything from... Um, say like a half a melon to I if I've got leftover food or a casserole whereas before I would have used cling film I put that over the top of it to covering all types of food you can even wrap sandwiches in it and you can simply wash them under the tap with your um, dishwashing uh, detergent and it's great they just drip dry and, I, and they are expensive to buy in the first place but it saves a lot of money exactly they, they, they last a lot longer and exactly. yeah you're not rebuying yes. or having to throw stuff away at the same time yes what, what difficulties do you have with sort of age groups? Do you find it easier with kids, your, your own offspring, or do you find it more difficult with, with your, your parents, your grandparents? Sadly, neither of my parents are around anymore, but my, both my parents were great at recycling. They, my dad used, used to have an outing, I think, once a week to the local recycling centre with all these boxes of bottles and plastic and all sorts. And I am thrilled to say my children are very good. Actually, it's people of my own age group, so sort of... You know, anyway, sort of from their 40s, 50s, I think, oh, someone else's problem, I'm not going to worry about that. No, I, the, in, in terms of the demographics that are really switched onto there, it is the youngsters and the older people that really care. Would Quite. you agree? Maybe, maybe on the waste front, but in terms of the whole sustainability side, I mean, if you think of the, the rise of the Primarchs of the world in terms of, of throwaway fashion, that, that industry is... You know, seriously damaging to the environment. You know, for the cotton production and to the disposal of yeah. uh, of the clothes, and that it's that attitude towards clothing that you can. Someone's made this. It's grown a cotton. You know, picked, made into a shirt, and worn twice and thrown in the bin. Because doesn't the fashion industry have a bigger carbon footprint than the airline industry, Quinn? So yeah, it's 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 horrifying. I mean, you have to be careful as well. I mean, I know we try and not have plastic bags, but the reason we don't want the plastic bag is because we don't want it to end up in the environment. Probably properly managed and recycled, not a problem. A cotton bag or some, you know, if it's not organic or you know, you'd have to use the cotton bag a hundred times, you know, to sort of get its its value back. Uh, in terms of impact to the environment, because you've got to remember water as a resource is quite scarce. So, and, you know, the cotton is required to grow. So, you know, you've got all that impact plus where it's made and also where it finally ends up being when it's being disposed. So you've got to consider the whole life of, of products. And, you know, sometimes there's sort of scaremongering in terms of, you know, everyone gets rid of straws. But then I've now got paper straws. So what do you do with those? Well, they're all in. Now they all have to go to general waste. But if, if a plastic straw was put in the recycling, it could be recycled. So, you know, there's pros and cons about mm. of, of this, this sort of uh, these campaigns that, that get rolled out. But I think as long as it's just keeping sustainability and waste reduction in the forefront of everyone's mind, then I'm happy because... I think it's yeah. even on the curriculum. You know, some of um, colleagues here have been talking about when their children discuss what they've been doing during the day. They say, oh, we've been learning about recycling, mummy, and you're not recycling properly and putting such and such in this <laughs> bin and so and so in that bin. And they say, oh, Mandy, you know, it's really opened our eyes up that this is now part of the curriculum. I think sort of for like five to seven-year-olds, they're really engaged with it at schools now. Yeah. 
And the biggest problem I think we have is getting the local authorities to provide everybody with the same recycling facilities. Mm. I'd, I, you know, it's been my passion now. Um, I spoke about it at the NEC back in 2010. Um, and I, it's my mission. I'd still like to get back in touch with some of the waste journalists um, who write about the sexy world of waste, as I like to call it. Um, because we've got to do something, because until everybody provides the same recycling for everybody up and down the breadth of the um, UK, domestically, on a hiding to nothing, mm. um, we, we've got to provide the same facilities for everybody to do that. Yeah, without doubt, that's probably, you know, one of the, the toughest things to manage, especially, for example, you know, if we're working to try and create a standard across the entire group mm. um, in terms of what can be recycled. But, you know, you go a few sort of miles down the road mm. and that whole specification of what that area can deal with changes. And, you know, short of hauling the material all the way across the country to the same facility, you know, which would then defeat, you know, what we're trying to do, we, we, we need this sort of universal standard across all do, local Do your children talk to you about recycling and, and the way the world is operating. Yes, I was, I was mentioning my, my youngest, George, so he's 10 now, and he, without doubt, thinks that I'm doing, you know, a really important job. And, you know, I guess, you know, it is important, but, I th yeah, you know, and it's from a 10-year-old's perspective and it's very sweet. But I think what, what, what I appreciated the most was my wife went to uh, go read his school books to see what he'd been writing. And in there, he sort of, I'll be having a conversation with him about something, about recycling, about what I'm doing. In his school book, he's writing down, you know, how to be sustainable or what's, you know, not to do this and not to do that. So I suppose every generation kind of gets a little bit better or hopefully kind of learns from the one before. And, you know, maybe that's a bit naive, but it was just really, really you know, I felt really proud to, to see that, you know, he's, he's actually listening to what I'm saying. I need to make sure that, you know, I, I keep that message going. And, and then I'm sure he talks about it at school with his colleagues. I mean, there's this um, video clip, Paul, on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, which is this broadcaster, I think, in America, talking about, well, if the younger generation, like my children, even Quinn's children, weren't demanding the latest iPhones and being taken to school in cars and everything, he was blaming it on the younger generation. But hang on a second, who's made them like that? And actually, I hold my hands up. We did help our girls buy their first car. We didn't say, we'll go and earn enough money to pay the deposit. We bought them their first cars. We bought them the best laptops when they went to university. And I think in terms of this mentality, you have to have the latest, fastest, quickest technical devices to wanting the latest, I don't know, uh, Mulberry handbag for the older girls to the latest in fashion for the boys and footwear and trainers, I think the world's got to stop and think about this because we're creating this very demanding consumer society, but what are we going to do with all the stuff that, you know, they're throwing away? Well, it's been great talking to you. I mean, we're getting some really good uh, opinions and, and also tips and hints about the everyday actions in your household and, and how it influences as well. If, if there was a magic one, though, just to finish off, the magic one, if there's just one wish that you could do, one wave of this wand, what would you go for, Mandy? I think I go back to, to what I said earlier, that the government has got to wake up and provide the same recycling facilities for everybody on the domestic front. So you'd, you'd wave it over the government, then? Absolutely. Right. Quinn? 
Tough one. I'd like to get all that plastic out of the sea. We're, we're hiding problems there that I don't think even we even realise the impact's going to be for the microplastics. So, yeah, I'd give the sea and our water courses a fresh start and, uh, yeah, clean all the plastic out of that. That's a great one. <laughs> That's brilliant, Quinn. Well, thanks to, to Mandy Keepax and to Quinton Gilbert. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then don't forget to sign up to the Cooperative Bank podcast channel to find out when new episodes appear. The Cooperative Bank podcast for people with purpose.